if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know this already, you can take it from me and Chanel because we're both geniuses, especially her. Mm-hmm. That anytime mm-hmm. you are interacting with law enforcement, you should have a lawyer, period. It doesn't matter if you're guilty yep. or not. Yeah. If you go to the ACLU, they have a project called Know Your Rights. On their website is a whole bunch of stuff about um, what to do if you're stopped by the police, search warrants, questioning, non-citizens, traveling, all the stuff. Very important. You these things. Don't depend on, like, CSI and criminal minds and law and order to, like, invest you, right? Because, you know, it's still TV. Welcome to UnsubPod. It's me, Harry, once again. Chanel, still, and once again. Yeah. Here we are. And this week... Uh, reviewing season one, episode seven of Criminal Minds. Oh shoot! What was the name of this episode? The Fox. The Fox is. Oh, that's right. Yep. I remember why. Okay. Yeah. This episode is called The Fox. Um, and on this episode, the gang gets to stay local. Um, they can commute from home. Uh, <laughs> there is a serial killer hanging out in Maryland and Virginia who is killing entire families. And um, the gang needs to. I mean, it's there's not there's not a lot of twists and turns. It's basically like the gang moves from one clue to the next until they, you know, get to the family that is actively being serial killed by this guy. And then they stop the guy. Serial killer. Yep. Right. That's. I mean, that's about it. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this was, we were, we mentioned it, I think, before we started recording, but this is not my personal favorite episode. I think it's pretty bleak and kind of gross and upsetting, um, which, yeah. you know, right, I, it's not like I didn't know what I was getting into with Criminal Minds. Um, but right. how, like, for you, Chanel, how does this compare to other episodes of the show in your mind? I mean, I'm not a personal fan of Family Annihilator serial killers. They're not, like, what I would choose if I was, like, forced to chill out with anyone. It wouldn't be Carl Arnold. Uh, but, Uh-oh. I mean, it does, I'm sorry, I just ruined it for everyone. Um, it, I mean, I could just think a second ago, like, this episode does do a lot of work in terms of setting up, um, long-term issues, like, very long-term, actually, um, and anybody who's, who's seen, uh, the future, seen the future of the show will know what I'm talking about, but, um, it does do a lot of work in terms of that, but, like, uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just, like, fucked up in a way that I feel like is not as not this is the thing with the show right you can't be like well this is more fucked up than that other thing because like it's all terrible so it's not like I mean for me there's like episodes that are like kind of boring because I'm not really into like I don't know like the mob or whatever I don't think that's like really scary and stuff like that it doesn't really do it for me personally um yeah the the, the mob is one of those things where it's like as somebody who is probably not going to actively seek out involvement with the mob, it's not something I need to worry about very much in my life. Yeah, like, I'm not really – I am really into Mob Wives, the show, though, so – Sure. Super into it. Um, but – Do you review it for any websites yet? Not yet, but Big well, Ange – oh, this is such a that's, big question. <laughs> well, Big Ange is on this season of VH1 Couples Therapy, which I am – Oh, nice. Recapping? Yeah, so, uh, but I mean, anyone out there who wants me to recap Mob Wives, I will do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this this is, this isn't like, you know, you can't really create like a hierarchy of fucked upness with Criminal Minds, but this is just like as bad as I would think it could get um, in terms, and I think the, the, in future episodes where there are family annihilators, because that's going to happen again, um, oh I think, I know, I think it's JJ who at some point is like, this is as bad as it could possibly be. Um, <laughs> so, which I don't know. I mean, really, like, there's, I think there's a lot of things that could be as bad, but I don't know. I'm not a fan of this episode for a couple of reasons, which we'll get into. There are some scenes in this episode that I actually can't watch. 
Did you skip them when you watched them this time around, or did you cover your eyes? I didn't. I watched them. It's not that I can't, like, it's not that I can't watch them. It's just that, like, I'm so uncomfortable. Like, my my body is, like, I can feel it. Like, it's getting, like, my muscles are tightened um, just because it's super uncomfortable. But, um, so, I don't know. There's that element of it. But that exists. That exists. I don't know. But anyway, so, yeah, I this isn't my favorite. Um but there are some also like moments that I really like in this episode too. Um, so I don't know. Let's get into it and we can yeah. dissect. Let's dive in. Start from. Let us um, let us dive in, folks. So this episode starts with like a woodland POV, and it's like, um, do you remember the Neverending Story? Um, I do. How the. Oh, okay, the Neverending Story is a horror movie for children that we all pretended to be a fantasy movie, but in fact it was a horror movie. Yeah, it yeah, is, it is. scariest shit ever. And um, yep. throughout it, you know, the nothing is this like all devouring wolf of antimatter or something. Um, a lot of the movie is shown through the nothing's POV, and that's what this mm-hmm. reminded me of. And you know, it wasn't entirely yeah. off base because this is another thing that kills children. Um, and in this case, the, the nothing's um, target is, you know, the, the obvious criminal minds target, a very happy white family going to Disney World tomorrow. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, yeah, I wrote my notes for this just say, worst beginning ever. Uh, <laughs> <because> <laughs> that's what I, I you know. Um, yeah, that's what it is. It's like this, this like, upper-middle-class white family with, like, children who are, like, you know, being joyful all over the place and, like, these parents who are, like, white and and are apparently supposed to be in their mid-30s, but I do not buy that Yeah. personally. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I'm in my mid-30s and, like, I just, I don't know. Like, casting is weird. I always feel like they're they're casting people who are supposed to be a certain age, but, like, none of my friends are these people, so I just don't believe it like nobody I know in their mid-30s is like that well appointed or like has hair like that I it's yeah I I'm always I always question the like the age the the age I just I don't believe you I don't believe that you're 32 I'm sorry there's there's a sorry there's one thing about this family that I if I had this when I was we're going to get to it. We're not at this thing mm-hmm. yet, and I don't, I don't mean to, like, tease this, but I, I promise it's in my notes. I'm not going to ever get to mention it again. This family has yeah. something in their house that if I have in my mid-30s, I will have, I will consider my life very well-led indeed. But, you know, we'll see. It's a, it's a big ask. Ooh. Um, okay. I'm they, waiting. They have a, they have a dog, um, and mm-hmm. it's like in Red Dragon, right? We're like, oh, this dog is going to die. Uh, yep. And indeed, this episode is full of dead dogs in addition to dead yep. families. Yep. Um, so I'm trying to remember the order of things here, which is, okay, so the worst beginning ever happens, and they're going on vacation and stuff like that, and then in the morning... Oh, it's fucking Disney World, and the, like Disney literally World. the last word spoken is the kid says to his dad, I love you, Dad. I love you. And everyone's like, I love all right. You. Yeah, right, exactly. Like something, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be horrible. Yeah. Uh, this unsolicited proclamation of love. Mm-hmm. And the, the wife uh, turns over in bed, and her husband is tied up next to the bed, and someone is under the sheet, and it's scary as fuck. This is a very spooky Scary episode. as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So then, I guess in some kind of like parallel universe, um, we have a Thomas Fuller quote about a fox yep. Uh, yep. by Gideon. Thomas Fuller, and one then, yeah. right? Uh, and then we meet the baby, the coveted yep. Hotchner Spawn. Baby, baby Gideon. Do we baby learn what his name is? Is it Gideon? I mean, I don't think they told you yet, but his name is Jack. Fuck that. Doesn't he told us in this episode, but his name is Jack. The first episode, the very pilot of this show, has I know. Saying, like, I'm definitely naming my kid after Gideon. That's fucked up. Uh, well, you know, he probably went home at the end of that, and Andy McPhee is like, we're not naming our kid Gideon. 
You have enough of a work-life balance problem. We're not even care if you're boss. Yeah, um, right. But also, didn't they talk about, like, how they couldn't name him things, like Jack because Jack the Ripper, or, like, Henry because Henry Lee Lucas, and, like, now his name is Jack. Whatever. Yep. Don't worry about it. Uh, um, so uh, they're all like, oh, my I'm, God, it's a baby. He's so shiny yeah. and, like, at least three months old. Um, yep. Not brand new at all. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah being a dick about the baby, obviously because he's jealous of Hotch giving the baby attention instead of treating him like he's the baby. Oh, super. As you learned, since Reed killed a person and beat Gideon in chess, Reed is an adult now, which means that he's an Gideon adult. gets to, I mean, this is coming up soon, but this episode is very much about Gideon taking Morgan under his wing to be his new son um, now that Reed is grown up. Right. Right. Reed hates this baby. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's like jealous of Hodge's attention. He's just... Hodge is like, I'm straight up terrified of my kid, though. Like, he's doing that whole, like, really gross, like, oh, I'm a man. And, like, I'm socialized not to, like, love my kid too publicly because, like, that's not manly. So, like... I don't even know how to hold my son, but my wife here, Andy McPhee, is, like, super great baby lady, mom. Uh, So she, like, leaves. Oh, yeah, so everyone's like, oh, my God, your baby's so beautiful. And then, like, she leaves. And Reed says, like, it's nice to see you again, Mrs. Hotchner. Yes, I noticed that, too. He calls her Mrs. Hotchner because he thinks of himself as Hotch's child. He doesn't see himself as the peer of the other adults around him. No. Mrs. Hotchner, fuck off. Like, we know that she has a first name. Yeah. Dude. Andy McPhee. Uh, Andy McPhee Hotchner. It is. It is. <laughs> right. So, like, it's weird and, like, very formal and uh, uncomfortable. And shut up. Just shut up. Don't. Ugh, whatever. We all know. I mean, whatever. We don't all know. But I have a thing about Mrs. and, like, that whole culture of sure eclipsing person eclipsing women's first names anyway um oh that's real yeah absolutely um yeah we also get uh hanging out in the office which is i think the only the second time we've ever seen her out of her um secret lair uh so good she descended from the plane or ascended from the underground dungeon or walked over the 30 feet from her office to where, I don't I have no idea where her usual office is, but. Right, we're not supposed to know. She's like Dick Cheney. Yes, exactly. And she also has a great exchange with Morgan where she's like, hey, Morgan, you probably want a baby, right? Well, obviously she's saying, I want you to, like, knock me up. And Morgan's like, sire my child. I'm fucking. I just like to fuck. I mean, you know, I just like to fuck with a lot of protection, but, like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just a classic dude move also. She's like, Hey, wouldn't you like a kid someday? And he's like, Nah, I'd rather keep fucking for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm just gonna fuck through the BAU and and everyone else. Yeah, I actually know what she's talking about. You know what she's talking about? It's honestly Uh, so much like um it's like uh Taylor Swift song basically these two. Uh, like she's been here all along, so why can't you see? Uh, why can't you see? Oh, um, it is like you belong to me. Oh, yeah. See, Taylor is always relevant. I'm just gonna come out right now as saying that I am a non-ironic Taylor Swift fan. So it's I'm just, pretty reasonable. She works very I mean, hard. Just, she does very hard. Uh, all right, so that was the whole baby scene. They call Andy McPhee Mrs. Hotchner, which is ridiculous. Reed is a little baby himself. Garcia wants to fuck Morgan, and Morgan's not into it for some reason. And now they got to get to the case. So I just realized something that I had not noticed Please. before, which is, like, it was yeah. – so there's, like – right, so, that like, in just in terms of, like, women in this show and, like, how people – how it's sort of arranged and, and stuff. So, like, you have Elle, who is, like, this – you know, she was a, a sex crimes – cop, I guess, or detective, I'm not sure which. So we have her, and then we have Garcia, who is, like, a nerd, like, a super nerd, and then JJ, who 
is sort of like right now like flanking the team. She doesn't have that much. I mean, she has a role that's important, but like we haven't really seen her like bust out yet. And then yeah. like, so there's these three women who are like in the BAU and like doing like scary shit. And then there's Haley who's sort of like, who like, I don't know. I just feel like one reason I don't like her is because they've written her as being like Hotch's like, I don't know. Like she's like this demure wife character who is like the opposite of all of the other women that we meet on the show so far. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, I think that that's, that, I think that, whatever, I don't know. I just noticed that, like, that's a thing that, like, they, had, they, like, sort of forgot to write Haley a personality at this point, other than her being like, oh, I'm uh, Mrs. Hotchner. Like, that's what she is. She's Mrs. Hotchner. Like, we don't know anything else about her yet. Um, which, right. Yeah. So that's, I don't know. And then, like, setting her up along this, like, whole thing of, like, Garcia and Elle and JJ, who are like, we have... You know, we're going to go catch an unsub. You go breastfeed or whatever it is you do um, yeah. with your baby. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so now we're back. Right. So now we're in the this episode actually has yeah. um, JJ talking through the details of the crime with the team, which I think is a little bit more than she usually does. In past episodes, if I recall correctly, JJ has brought them the what, whatever the crime is and then sort of bounced. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm confused about what her role is with the BAU, but I'm sure that'll become more clear soon. Yeah, and it changes, too, just so that we know. So people are, are it's like, yeah, it, there is, right, it will change. Um, there is a lot of JJ. Um, so, yeah, so they're having this big discussion about, like, the person they think might be the murderer of the family and yeah yeah uh, other guy who is suspected of murdering his family right but i really loved that um when they're dividing up what their roles are going to be um gideon's like okay reed you go talk to the suspect and reed's like what yeah. me talk to the suspect and they're like yeah you've killed a guy and you've beat me at chess you're allowed to talk to suspects now and then he yeah. takes um, he takes uh, Morgan with him to the crime scene because Morgan is Gideon's new son. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I think, what did I write? Regoing solo equals parenting or trial by fire. Yeah, totally. He's pushing him out of the nest. Yeah. And he really is okay. fucked up about this too. He's not, he's yeah. not down. He's not really interested. When they get to the um, house where the family was uh, this is when um, this is when we get to see the thing about the family that I was really impressed by, which is they have a really decent finished basement. Um, Gideon is pretty sure that they were killed in the basement, and honestly, I can think of places that I would less like to be killed than a really nice finished basement. Totally, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. So that was all. That was all I wanted to say on that subject. This was a nice thing. Later in the episode, we go to a, a different basement that is not as nice or finished. Right. I did notice when, when we were, they were walking up the stairs that they had, uh, like, these wooden tennis rackets hanging on the wall. Yes. Yes, I saw that. Which, I don't, which made me think of another, <laughs> ridiculous. Made me think of another podcast that I listened to called Go Basement, which is fantastic. You should all yeah. listen to it. I think Go Bayside is also an influence on this show that we are recording. Totally. Right yes, totally. April Richardson um, recaps Saved by the Bell. Um, but there's an episode where, like, they're reflecting on the importance. Oh, on what, right, on what a wooden tennis racket might be, like, what the significance of that might be in the life of Kelly Kapowski. So uh-huh. it just made, me think, just made me think that maybe, like, it implied <laughs> that her parents were in, like, some kind of cult. Sure. I don't, like, it's very wholesome to have such a thing. Anyway, so, yeah, they're in the basement. They leave the, the fancy basement, uh, which has a lot of stuff in it. Uh, and then... Uh, and just, I mean, this is also yeah. Gideon is, like, training uh, Morgan. He's like, what do you see in this basement? And then, you know, they look right. at Right. So that Gideon is giving sort of, you know, uh, training Morgan while Morgan wears a very spiffy blazer. 
he's like very into the blazer in this episode. He's not very into the blazer, but yeah. The dress is great. Morgan's probably the best dressed of the team. Yeah, oh, for sure. He's like serious about it. Yeah. Um, and so then when Reed is uh, talking to Tony Todd, they imme- Reed immediately mm-hmm. is like, you yourself were a victim of physical and sexual abuse, right? And Tony Todd's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And then Elle, who, as we know, is actually an expert on this subject, is like, maybe we shouldn't press this farther. And then Hotch is like, right. no, my son Reed knows what he's doing. So this is the scene between Reed and um, – What's, what is it, Miller? Is his last name Miller? Yeah, Eric Miller. Okay. So, so reading Eric, this is the scene that I, like, I, is so, like, heart-rending. I, I mean, I think, in, I think watching it now is, like, even worse, because he's talking about how all night long he's been, like, had the shit beaten out of him by every cop in Virginia. I think that's something that he says. Mm-hmm. So he's just, yeah, like, been, like. Yeah, I've been beat up by cops all night. He's made up by cops all night. Everyone thinks he killed his family. He did not kill his yep. family. And, like, yep. Reed is just, like, totally, like, just, he has, there's no, I mean, I, I don't know, whatever. I'm not a BAU profiler, obviously. But it just feels like there's no, I know, I'm sorry, I'm a fraud. There's no empathy. Like, Reed has no, um, he's he's not, like, connecting with him in any way. Um, he doesn't have any, like, you know, I know that you, like, okay, so you didn't kill your family. Like, I don't know. There's no skill, I guess. Like, he's just kind of, like, fact, 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 fact. You know, like. Yes. Right? There's no, you know, there's no, uh, he's not trying to connect with him. He's not doing anything. He's just, like, this, like, really awkward kid who walks in with, like, for some reason, all of these folders. Like, he's, he looks totally disorganized. He's got, like, all these folders and, like, his bag. And he's just, like, not prepared professionally for this yeah. at all. Um and this guy is, like, crying and a mess, and just everything about this scene is, like, really intense to watch and not yeah. not my favorite. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, the guy's, like, the Reed eventually decides that Eric Miller is not guilty, and Eric Miller's like, yeah, but my life's totally fucked now. And Reed goes, what are you talking about, man? You're not guilty. Everything's going to be fine. Wait, that's <laughs> like, never... We know that that's, like, everything's fine. I mean, people get out of jail after not being guilty for, like, years, and their lives, like, rule. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. You're going to be fine. That young man became vice president of the United States of America. Totally. It always happens. There's there's no issue with, like, reintegrating into the world after you've been in jail. No. Gideon, while they're in the house, Gideon's like, I'll bet that this family's financials have been mystery in them or whatever. I have no idea mm-hmm. how Gideon would like, look at the financials, but that turns out to be important. And instead of Gideon himself calling Garcia and being like, hey, could you look into this family's financials? Gideon says to Morgan, could you ask Garcia to look into the family's financials? And he does that because everybody knows that Morgan and Garcia want to fuck each other. Yeah, everyone does. It's very clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all I had to say about that. Just that yeah. everybody at who knows that they want to fuck. Um, and then I like Gideon. Yeah. Then Gideon screams to see if people will in the fa- in the neighborhood will notice, and they do. Uh, uh, also, a terrible. Also, like, like what is going on? Yeah, like what is going on? Gideon is like screaming, and it's so it's so jarring. I guess that was the other thing. It's like yeah. it's such a jarring scene. Um, yeah, this is like when Gideon would in that episode where. Uh, like the the Wichita linemen kept murdering housewives, and Gideon yeah, yeah, kept yeah. getting into the housewives' beds to imagine what it would be like to be murdered by the Wichita linemen. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were a couple of things before he screams that I noticed. One of them is, oh, Gideon knows that like there's water damage in the Crawford's house. Like he noticed. That's how he knows that they're living beyond their means because there's water, like everything is like really pristine and and modern and expensive looking, except they have this water damage that I guess he found. So there's this part of this episode where Morgan figures out that like the 
to her. But the dog must have had a collar because he has that whole, like, microchip situation set up. And he, like, kneels down to, to check, to show Gideon, like, the thing that you plug into the wall that the dog's microchip is, like, whatever. Anyway, the whole apparatus. And he says, like, that the guy, it must be a big guy who is who did these things because this Chris Crawford was a, um, uh, what he was a black belt and Morgan says, so are you. I mean, Gideon says of Morgan, like you're also a black belt. And then he does this thing that like, again, in retrospect is like so fucked up where he like puts a, he, he, he mimics putting a gun to Morgan's head. Yes. Um, and I don't, and I, it bothered me a lot. I mean, I understand that they're, like, trying to do a thing, but I was like, ugh, this is, like, I'm just uncomfortable with, like, the politics of that move. Yeah. No, I, I totally hear that. It's also, it's such a, like, a, a a preening power display by Gideon when Morgan's like, if the victim was a black belt, the killer must have been really big. And Gideon's like, not if he had a gun. And it's like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, you're right. Nothing we know matters. Right. If somebody has a gun, then right. they <laughs> Right. Everybody with a gun is, like, more useful than everyone without a gun. Yeah. Uh, Shut down the investigation, yeah. everybody. The killer might have a gun. Yeah. So there was that. That was upsetting. Um, and we also noticed that there was a picture that Emily Crawford drew that had no color in it. And Gideon's, like, obsessed with this. Um, like, this definitely yeah. means something. The whole episode about uh, the pictures of houses. Right. Yeah. Also, um, so they're like, yeah, she drew it black and white with no color, which means that she was like fucked up at the time or something, you know, drunk or mm-hmm. whatever. But like <laughs> when I was right, drunk eight year old. When I was in third grade, we were supposed to illustrate covers for our notebook. And uh-huh. I wanted to draw this really intricate picture. And I was like, this will take forever to color. So I'm just going to do it in black and white. Uh and the teacher came over to me, and she's like, you don't want to call it in? I was like, nah. And she says, Are you sure? And I wonder if this teacher had had the same training that these characters have. And she's like, is this kid not coloring in his picture because he's, like, drunk or whatever? Uh, yeah, like, maybe, oh, no. Right, like, maybe you were, like, having, maybe this is, like, early psychopathy you were demonstrating, perhaps? Right, exactly. I wonder if the teachers were like, this kid is definitely going to be a murderer. And you know what? Yeah. What's the plan? That's right. Wow. Wow, third grade teacher. <sighs> teachers are not paid enough. That's what we've learned. That's the truth. This awesome. teacher was racist. Not paid enough. That's, up. That's not right. part of the story. Mm. Racism is not involved in the story I'm telling you, but also she was right. racist. Right. <sighs> Moving on uh, to more white families uh, dying. Oh, no, yeah. they, um, they tracked down where some of this family's money was going. And right. so it's going to this, like, apartment. And they break literally every single door in the apartment. They're like, oh, here's a door. Smash. Here's another door. Yep. Smash. Right. Establishing Morgan's um, long ongoing uh, relationship with breaking down the door. Yes. That's his other job. Um, and um, then they break yeah. one door and there's a dog in that door and they're like, mm-hmm. shit, what are we going to do about this dog? And then a door opens regular and it's an enormous man and the enormous man is like, it's okay, dog. And then that was chill. Right. It's cool. It's cool. So they arrest this guy. Um, and here comes another, and another like nightmare ah this like god this is also one i mean i could watch this this is what i felt like was a little different but like oh this guy ah, it's so hard to be threatened by someone in overalls but like this is just so uh so right so this guy is related to allison crawford they find out um but for some reason he's not allowed in their house because it's like jane um, Eyre. Yeah, it is like Jane Eyre. Oof. Oof. Right. 
so like he's uh, so he's not allowed in their house, um, but he did at some point like like go to the house and like observe them through the window. And what he thought was going on was that there was like this nice family dinner with like a friend visiting happening. Um, and he thought that Allison, his sister, was like looking at him and telling him basically like fuck off. But then we put some terrible things together and realized that like in fact what was going on is she was trying to get him to help her because the unsub yeah. was inside the house. Yeah. And he just like he just like has a like an epic meltdown. Yeah. Uh, which is terrible to watch. Yeah, it's a bummer. Well, it's also like this is Gideon's um, main interrogation method. He does the same thing um, in the second episode when we flash back to how Gideon managed to not get murdered in the first episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, if he finds somebody who has an obvious physical or mental disability, he will, like, mm-hmm. fuck with them about that disability until they confess to murders. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what he does. It's really cool. Cool strategy. Uh, yeah, so this guy gets really upset because his whole family is now dead. Who's going to pay the rent on his apartment? Who's going to fix all the doors that are broken in his mm-hmm. apartment? Um, who's going to take care of the dog that is now outside of the apartment? Yeah. Um, et cetera, et cetera. It's a nightmare. I also like that once this guy gets, like, out of control, upset, and they need to, and they need to restrain him. Um, they, all the men rush in to help restrain, except for Reed. I know Reed is like, I don't do that. I'm sorry, I, I am useless in this. When it comes to like physical restraint, I don't, I don't do that. Uh, I'm useless. Yeah. Um. So what? So then we. A lot of this, this is the order of events. So then we go to, like, this other family, right, who has a baby and an older daughter, and they're like, ah, the love of cheese is just, I mean, using upon the baby. Oh, yeah, beautiful, perfect white family. God, it's just like, shut up. Yeah, it just was so annoying to me, this whole thing. Um, So we put the baby down, and then they pan out of the room, and then I just wrote, of course he's in the closet. No, I wrote, of fucking course he's in the closet, because of course he's fucking in the closet. Um, and the unsub, like, comes out of the closet and is, like, petting this baby in a way that's gross and uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that happens. And then... And the and mom the, in the family yeah. is, uh, was Chris's teacher on the short-lived show everybody hates chris um, oh which super underrated show that everyone should check out it was really great and the mom and the family was chris's teacher on that show uh, that 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 was all i had to say about that oh but oh, also right okay. before that gideon quotes sherlock holmes oh yeah like, yeah shut up <laughs> he is he is like shut up he's like yo sherlock holmes is a fictional character i don't see yeah what that has to do with anything. Shut up. Um, I like that. Which is lot. great. <laughs> Super great. Also, Hotch has bangs. Which, like, yeah. I mean, they're not, like, full-on bangs, but there is a little, like... I, oh, no. Andy McPhee just had a baby. When's Hotch going to get a haircut? I mean, never. Never. And it's, I don't know, I thought of it, too, as, like, it struck me this time as being, like, you know, oh, he's a he's boyish. Like, he's these boyish... <laughs> Thing. This is one adjective that we think of to describe Hotch. Boyish, you know, he doesn't know. He doesn't. He's terrified of like his baby. Um, yeah. yeah. So then we're in. I might have. This is just my next note. I don't know if this is the next thing that happens in the episode. He. Uh, so then uh, Reed and Garcia are in her lair. Yeah, uh, which is like a rare instance of Garcia letting somebody be in her lair. Right, so the fourth wall has been broken uh, by Reed. Um, right. In that thing where he's, like, looking over her shoulder, he's, like, really close to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, and she's, like, the, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, no, that's it. She's, like, these people were in therapy, and Reed's, like, that means they were probably on medication. Nobody gets therapy these days without a heavy dose of medication. <laughs> like, 
All right, calm down, fucking Info Wars. <laughs> it's true. It is Info Wars. Um, it is also. Oh God, I don't know. I just thought of something and I started to say it, and now I feel like I can't back away from it because it's mean to be like, I'm just going to put this here and then walk away. But then I realize that it is actually another example of them setting something up. But now that I've said it, it's too late to take it back. Yeah. Um, so Garcia says to Reed, "Did you just make a joke?" And he's like, "No." And she's like, "Just say, just say yes next time." Yes. Um, and I enjoy that. I just thought that was a cute scene of like Reed being like totally unaware of himself for like the eighty hundredth time on the show. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I thought it was cute. Um, and so um, Garcia starts, like, hacking into the, the government health care database or something. She's yep. hacking into, like, some kind of insurance situation. And she's Reed's like, dude, you, she's hacking into something. And Reed's like, dude, you can't do that. And I was like, yes, she can. That's her entire job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's literally that's why she's on the show. She's like, you right. can't do that. She's like, fucking watch me. Yeah, she's like, shut up, I can do that. I'm a hacker. I'm a professional hacker. Yeah. Um, ugh, but then she has to destroy the, like, adorable beauty of this scene by making a prison rape joke. Oh, that sucked, yes. Um, you know, Reed's like, isn't that illegal? And she's like, yeah, you're going to go to prison and you're going to be someone's bitch. And then Reed's, but then Reed is like, really? Yeah. And I don't know what we're supposed to think about that. He's kind of like, is that real, though? Does that happen? I don't know what you think about what happens in prison. Am I going to be someone's bitch? Just like a little a little pause. Um, it's another read not really being in touch with the world of criminal justice. Um, yeah, it is. his career even more suspect. Weird. Really weird. Yeah. Yeah, like, what do you, yeah. Well, I think it's supposed to make us, no, I think too much about the show. But, like, I wonder if it's supposed to be um, reminding us of, like, the thing that he just did when he was questioning Eric Miller, which is, like, he has to do this thing in which he has to, like, interact with real people. And he can't, but he has, like, no sense of, like, reality or no sense of, like, the world side of, like, his brain bubble which is, is kind of like yeah. makes him a little bit inept. Um, anyway, so that happened. Um, and I'm looking, um, okay. The, well, we yeah. also, what happens? Yeah. So when um, we also get uh, the gang at the BAU, Morgan is working on, is explaining the, the profile to the gang, mm-hmm. yep. uh, which is always my favorite is when someone talks about the profile. Uh, so he, while he's, Gideon is in his office just, like, staring at the kids' paintings, like, not yeah. doing anything other than just looking at the painting. And Morgan's like, here's the profile of the killer, blah, blah, blah. The killer is sexually confident, which, okay, sure. Um, and then while Morgan's talking, or right after, Gideon bursts into the room, and he's like, okay, everybody, I figured out the paintings. Everybody pay attention to me now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's um, the Gideon okay. show again, right, immediately. Yes, exactly. So they find out who the therapist is, and she they bring her in for questioning. Or no, they go to her office for questioning. And yeah. she's a fucking, like, she is a therapist. No, she's like a medical doctor as well as a therapist. That's like a psychiatrist, right? Um, yeah, I don't I think know. so. I've literally been in therapy. No idea what these things mean. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I am flabbergasted. I know this is a, you know, law enforcement show. I am flabbergasted that she doesn't ask for a lawyer when the fucking FBI says, we need information on your patients. Right. That's true. She does not do that. Um, I didn't even notice that, actually, that she doesn't... It didn't even occur to me that she would. Nobody asks for a lawyer on this show. No. Ever. No. Well, I think, you know, I wonder... uh, I'm trying to think of the the catalog of the show and if, if it happens a lot. And I almost feel like the idea is that you ask for a lawyer if, like, you're fucked, if they've got you. Right. That's when you ask for a lawyer, as opposed to, like, asking for a lawyer, like, it's your right to ask for a lawyer. Yeah. Right. So they're, the, they're doing this shakedown with um, this therapist who is, like, 
holy lord. Uh, I'm pretty convinced that, like, the dude that they're about to catch is not the killer. And then she's like, oh, but he's a good man. And then Morgan says, that's what everyone says before they find a body in the basement, which, like, that's pretty solid to say. Like, yeah. Yeah. What I like also about him is that she mentions that he works only four days a week, which I think is a um, a stirring denunciation of flex time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. She said he works till 440. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which I didn't know you could do that as a therapist. Oh, no, yes, I did. My therapist does that. Here's some information about Chanel. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's terrible. Um, they, she's, like, totally traumatized by this. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, this therapist that they're getting all this information from, by the time they leave her, it's like she – I really hope she's got, like, a good support system around her because this I, is, like, a yeah. experience for her. Obviously, a lot of people get killed in this episode also, but, like, still, right? I mean, I, I'm thinking that, like, the next the thing, the thing she does after they leave is, like, quit her job and go to a spa or something. That's what I would do. <laughs> Wait, wait, She's like a hustler. job and go. If you're going to a spa, I think you'd probably want to hold on to your job so that when you get back, you anyway. Yeah. That's, you go ahead. You can quit that's your job true. And go to a spa. That's fine. You gotta, you gotta like, live your life. You know what? Do you, lady? Whatever, whatever it is that you need to do to get through this time, like you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, they go to the house. Yeah. Oh, they call this. Mm-hmm. They call the killer's ex-wife. And his name is Carl, and the, his kid's name is Carl Jr. And throughout the episode, they call him Carl Jr., and that cracks That's, me up because I like to think of him as, like, a sandwich. I wrote that down, too, because what? Yeah, the mom is like, Carl Jr., do your homework. I was like, that doesn't – that's not his name. His full name is not Carl Jr. Like, he doesn't does, – like, do his teachers call him Carl Jr.? Right, exactly. That's exactly the question, totally. Yes. Uh, I can only hope so. I can only hope that when, he, you know, the teacher's like, whose homework is this? Oh, it's Carl Jr. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I hope happens a lot. Anyway, yeah. they get to the house where the murder is about to take place. The dog is already dead. They just step over the mm-hmm. dog's body. Um, and they go into a horror show basement. This is the worst yeah. basement. The other basement yeah. was awesome. This is like the basement in Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> yes, Cabin in the Woods. Yes, it is. It fully is. Yeah, it's a terrible. Which, like, is weird, right? You would think that, like, maybe the nice basement is the people who live. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, no. I don't, but like, oh, I just, yeah. But, no, they get they get the terrible basement. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh... So they catch the guy, but not without this killer slicing Morgan on the arm with a knife. Um, mm-hmm. Because this episode is really all about Gideon and Morgan's relationship. It is. Um, it is. And so they're like, okay, we can tie him to this attempted murder, obviously, because he was in the basement of this house holding the baby. But we can't mm-hmm. tie him to the other murders. Um, and so they need Gideon to do more of his interrogation magic. Mm-hmm. And literally, Gideon's okay. whole strategy, which is, like, my favorite thing, is that Gideon, like, walks into the interrogation room, and they've got, like, all the evidence behind him, and he's just, like, chatting with this killer, and they know that the killer is really into things being orderly, because that's part of the profile, yep. right? Yep, yep. Um, and <laughs> the are like, talking, and then the killer goes, wait, two of those photographs are backwards. They're from different houses. They're from different families. And they're like, aha, we caught you. We caught you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, classic. yeah. This guy, his name is, so his name is Carl Arnold, the unsub. Um, yes. He, one thing I love, oh, right, Carl Sr., sorry, Carl Sr. <laughs> um, when, so they, they do this thing, too, which I think is supposed to, whatever, they walk him for some reason through the BAU or through, um, yes. the office. Yeah, they're just like walking through. And he's like, what's up, guys? How are you today? You look nice. That shirt makes you look nice. Like, he's just like, you know, being, I mean, it's creepy as fuck. There's nothing about this guy or the way that they dress him in terms of like, um, 
like literally dressing him, but also like the music and stuff like that. There's all these like, Jesus, this episode is creepy as fuck. Um, but he's like super gregarious and like trying to just like charm everybody. Um, but in a way that's like really crooked, like, you know, something's wrong with him. He's not just like a, you know, a nice, interesting guy. He's like totally just like disarmingly, um, crazy. Um, so yeah, so, so, um, Carl Arnold, right, so they catch him because he is really organized? Yep. Well, but then while they get him to admit this or whatever, Hotch finds, like, it's just, like, throwing shit all over the place in this guy's office, and then he finds evidence. So, yeah, they just needed to, like, wait 20 minutes, and then they were fine. Right. Right. Um... I wrote, serial killers are bad at hiding their shit, which now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if it's true. So Hotch, right, so Hotch like, takes this panel off of his, um, off this wall, I guess, in Carl Arnold's office and finds, like, a box of wedding rings. But that wasn't the thing that I thought was bananas. What was bananas was he has a, a stack of videotapes that are labeled with the family, <laughs> Crawford family, Miller family. Yep. Yeah, he did, he's like, not hiding it at all. This is like, like more Dexter's, uh, what, on Dexter when he keeps all the blood in his uh, air conditioning or whatever. This is like no, I've never more. seen Dexter. Oh, spoiler right. alert! Every time Dexter kills someone on Dexter, he takes a sample of their blood, puts it on a glass slide, and hides it in a box in his vent in his uh, very nice Miami condo. Huh. Interesting. But see, like, I would even argue that that is more stealth than what Carl Arnold has done. Like, which makes me think he doesn't care about being caught, which is maybe true. But um, he, uh, uh, yeah, so this, I mean, so basically after they catch him, there's this very, like, dramatic, dark scene where Gideon reveals these, I think there are nine wedding rings. Yeah. I counted. There's nine wonderings. So, like, you know, there's clearly more, been more victims. But there was, I, I'm going to think, I'm going to say this, and I think I'm correct in saying that, like, this is the Carl Arnold thing, what he says about why he kills, is probably, like, the most directly misogynist thing I've heard on this show up until this point. And, like, that's, I think that's kind of saying a lot because there's been a lot of, like, sort of indirect misogyny that you might not catch unless, like, Spotting misogyny is your thing. Um, but he's, but so Carl Arnold says that families disintegrate when the head of household isn't strong. Right. So the fact that, like, in Carl Arnold's eyes, these fathers couldn't control their wives is the reason that everything is, like, wrong and terrible. And yeah. so, like, this guy, but he is an excellent father, he says a couple of times. This episode, like so many of the recent ones, at least, is, like, all about, like, fatherhood and shit, right? Yeah, yeah, it's that theme, yeah. Yeah, right, which, like, is playing out throughout the episode, too, right? Because we have, like, Hodge, who's, like, a new father and scared and, like, Gideon, who's trying to, like, sort of raise Morgan into being. He's trying to parent Morgan and also the Reed thing. Or he's just sort of, like, sending Reed into the fire without, like, I think fully knowing that he's not capable of following through in a way that, I mean, it works, but it's not like, you know, it's it's not well done. It's just Reed got lucky. Um and now there's this, right, and now Carl Arnold, who's like, you know, these men, these men aren't men, basically, is what he's saying. Like, they're not, they're not strong men, and so they can't control their families, and so I need to kill them? It's very, I just wrote misogyny with, like, eight wives, because that was, just couldn't, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's that episode. I should add... Uh, and this won't come into play for, like, another four seasons, but we do see Carl Arnold again. Whoa. He does pop back up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not going to say why, but it is part of a longer, much obviously much longer arc. Um, but he does pop up again in the fifth season. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's huh? great. Yeah, I mean it's it's exciting. That's a yes, <laughs> yes it is. Um, so that's the episode. Uh, I hope you are all having a nice adult beverage now that it's over, or hopefully. <laughs> Throughout the episode, you were having a nice adult beverage because it's not, yeah, it's not great, um, but it does do a lot of work. Yeah, uh, this was a tough one. Yeah, but now it's over. And now it's over. Um, and the next episode is called Natural Born Killers. Um, whoa, it is pouring here. Um, yes, it's called Natural Born Killers. I'm about to look it up on the Criminal Minds Wiki. Criminal Minds Wiki. Uh, okay. While I'm looking it up, I was just going to say that, uh, so, the, so Criminal Minds, if you're not a regular fan and you're just a fan of us, yeah. Good job. Uh, but Criminal Minds has started its 11th season, uh, and they're two episodes in. So uh, that is happening. So if you, like, don't watch the show on a regular basis and you just listen to the podcast and you are like, gee, I wonder what happened between episode 1-7 and season 11, and you want to watch the show, um, it's going to be confusing. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it won't be confusing. Maybe you're very, very, very stealth and you can figure it out. Um, but it's, yeah, so there's a lot of lag time. Um, okay, so this is the Fox, and it was the air date for the Fox was November 9th, 2005. And the next episode... Oh, the next episode is written by Deborah Fisher and Erica Messer. Um, and Erica Messer is actually, I think, the exe- I want to say the executive producer of the show now. Um, so, yeah. So, written by women, which is, I think, not a thing we've seen yet. And, cool. okay, so the next episode, it doesn't say where they're going, which I think we're supposed to infer means that they're, I think they're going to Baltimore. I think that it's Baltimore in the next in this episode that's coming up. I'm not 100%, but I think it's a lot more. Um, Yeah, Natural Born Killer. All right, well, we'll head into Baltimore next. Uh, Get ready, Baltimore. Uh, I'm Harry. You can find me on Twitter at MuffMacGuff. And I'm Chanel, and you can find me on Twitter at at Chanel Dubofsky, and we're also at UnsubPod. Yeah. That's our show on SubPod. Uh, Yeah. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right. Spend time with your family. (laughs) Don't plan any vacations.